I feel very much like this week, I, I, uh, I, ha- I have that feeling that Moses had when he was leading the people of God. It says in Exodus 33, 12 to 23, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and, have found, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And then Moses said to him, and I love this, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. I have that same feeling that Moses had. God, unless you are with us in your presence, I don't want to go forward. In this Monday night prayer time, our, our, our Wednesday 11.15 intercessory prayer time, our time gathering as the body here, this is not just a monologue time for me. It's not just a time for certain people to be up on stage. It, it's, it's a time for all of us to seek after God together in his, in his presence. Uh, unless his presence goes with us, what do we really have? That's what distinguishes us. Uh, that's what gives us power. That's what gives us uh, everything uh, the presence of God, the very presence uh, of Jesus. So Jesus desires to bring us into this fullness of life uh, where we are each individually living in this continual revival in our souls and in, in seeking him uh, together. The book that we're reading in our small groups, Awakening, says passionate Christianity is supposed to be the norm, not the exception. It's about being filled again with God's presence through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we are, there is no such thing as living, um, living in just an eternal valley where you don't experience your relationship with God. You know, God saved us and he gave, he gave the life of his son to, to, to give us salvation uh, so that we could live life and life abundantly, life to the full. Uh, what a tragedy if the gift of God uh, the very, his very life in his son uh, just afforded us a mundane existence. No, Jesus has an abundance for us. He has a greater, a greater life than we knew previously through the provision of Jesus Christ. And through the power of Jesus, we are able to forget what is behind us and not worry about what's ahead of us because the blood of Jesus Christ shed for us on the cross covers our sins and brings us right to God and the security of our relationship with God uh, makes our future assured. It's safe. It's safe in him. Uh, and, and that is something that 
is really on my heart this morning, that Jesus desires to bring us into this fullness of life with him. And I, and I feel like I'm on this journey along with you, that we are together in our small groups, reading and seeking and praying uh, after God. You know, we are going to be having this weekend in December, December 8th through 10th, where we bring in speakers to speak about this, this life of surrender and, uh, and, and power and, and, and filling of the Holy Spirit with us in, in December. We are going to be doing a corporate fast together, seeking after God in the new year. You know, these are all things that God's really placed in my heart because when we make a space for God in our lives, he fills it. That's the fundamental thing. When we make space through, with, for God through prayer, when we make space for God through giving and being generous, when we make space for God through fasting, he comes and fills us up. Uh, it's not something we have to beg for because Jesus has bought this for us with his sacrifice already. It's a gift to every person who calls on the name of Jesus. Today's a little bit different in that God has given me a song to share with you. But as we, as we go into this, uh, this, this song, I'd like to share with you from Psalm 103. And if you'd like to follow along, this is a passage I, I was referencing earlier in my prayer. And I learned something about this psalm that I did not know, really know or consider before this week. Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all of your sins. He heals all of your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things, so your new youth is renewed like the eagles. So the first benefit that we have in our soul, the very essence of who we are, the totality of our being, is, is found in verse 3, that God forgives us all of our sins. It says clearly in, in, in the word that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from our unrighteousness. God forgives all of our sins uh, when we come to him and, and just, just uh, confess and, and realize that we've been covered with the blood of Jesus Christ, who God sent to die for our sins. And secondly, it says he heals all of your diseases. Now, this is what I learned this week. If you look earlier in the verse, it says, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all of his benefits. He forgives your sins and heals your diseases. This is talking about the ability of God to heal the diseases of our soul. There is one thing to be forgiven of our sins. It's another thing to be healed of the disease of our soul that leads us into these destructive life patterns. And many of us, myself included, have felt very, very helpless and hopeless and stuck in, in behaviors and sins that have entangled us. We feel death closing in on us, and we see destruction around us. And that's, it's, it's to, to, to call that sin, yes, there is sin as a product, but there is a disease in our soul, a sickness in our soul. And Jesus wants to heal that. He wants to heal uh, the diseases of our soul. 
so that he forgives our sins. And then he brings a healing deep within. And if, if, if this morning you're looking at your life and you're feeling hopeless in certain areas and feeling like you are bound just to continue walking and moving in destructive life patterns and you have very, feel very little control, I want you to realize this morning that our God is a healer and he heals our souls. He, he changes us fundamentally. It says in, in, uh, in the Word that we, we who have uh, put our faith in Jesus— for our salvation, our new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. And that work of regeneration that he began in us, that new nature, he continues to bring into our lives and renew us as we walk with him. So as these things come up, again, forgetting what is behind, not being concerned or worried or anxious about what's ahead, in this present moment, the next step that we take, all we have is this present moment we live in. In that moment, we choose to believe he's forgiven our sins and he desires to bring healing to our soul. And that is an awesome, awesome thought. Not only the forgiveness, not only the healing to our soul, but he redeems our life from the pit. No matter how deep the pit is, no matter if we're the ones that dug the pit or someone else dug it for us and pushed us in. Because <laughs> we all know that some, some of us, our stories are so sad. I hear your stories in my office and other people's stories. I, sometimes I just cry thinking about what some of you have been through as children. My God. The things, the, the ways that some people have been sinned against, it's heartbreaking. And what, what you know, it's as if someone digs a pit for you and then pushes you in. And you're just a little kid. And you're stuck in that. You feel like you just can't break free from that. So there's that. And then there's the pits we dig for ourselves. <laughs> and we're pretty good at digging pits and jumping in. We're very good at this. But it says he redeems our life from the pit. Whether it's something that someone's done to you or something that you've done, it doesn't matter. Because the love of God, the forgiveness of God, and the grace of God is greater than your sin. It's greater it's greater than any, any way that someone sinned against you. It's greater. And, you know, sometimes we think to ourselves as we pray, you know, I'm getting what I deserve. These are the consequences of my actions. I deserve to be feel, feeling these consequences. But through Jesus, God has made, uh, made a provision so that no matter whether, it, whether it's your fault and you did it or it was done to you, it doesn't matter. God's love, God's grace is great and deep and wide. And it says... In, in, in the scriptures, that there's nothing that can separate us from that love of Christ which is found in God the Father. Nothing, not even death. Certainly not your own sin or the sins of other people who have sinned against you and pushed you into that pit. He redeems our life from the pit. He pulls us out. Redemption means he turns your darkness into light. Whether it's, again, sin against you or sin that you've committed. Uh, David knew this well. The Lord is my lamp. He turns my darkness into light. Um, he takes everything that the enemy of your soul meant for evil, and he is able to work all things through the grace of Jesus in a very mysterious way to work all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Uh, it's, it's an amazing thing, the redemption that's found in the Lord. And he crowns you with love and compassion. And then he satisfies your desires with good things, so your youth is renewed like the eagles. And in case 
um, in case we were still insecure and wondering about, uh, about the, the hole that we're in. It says, The Lord, in verse 8, is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And again, how high are the heavens above the earth? No one knows. <laughs> Actually, um, I've shared this before. I was listening to a report on NPR, and, and scientists are saying that the universe appears to be ever-expanding. There's not a sense of it tapering down. It just seems to be as eternal as the God who created it. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is God's love for those who fear, who respect, who take him seriously, and the reality of who he is seriously. That's, that's an amazing love. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. And again, how far is the east from the west? It's eternal. Ever-expanding. That's how far he's removed our sins from us and the sickness of our soul. And as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like, like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who who fear him. You know, some, some people, uh, they don't seem to be very emotional or, or connected. Some men seem to have this, where they seem disconnected or unemotional. Just have something happen to one of their kids, and you'll see that compassion and that love rise up uh, unexpectedly. Uh, I remember when I was, uh, one year ago now, I, and I've shared this before as well, I was with, with my daughter, and we, she really wanted to have a, a campfire and to camp out. And so we set up a big uh, camp out in the yard with my, my uh, two kids. At the time, the little one was sleeping inside. And, uh, and the fire cracked, and the, and the, the log uh, shot a piece of ember into my daughter's long, blonde hair, and it began to burn her shoulder, you know? And I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. I couldn't figure out how to get it out, and finally I did. But I'll never forget how that felt, that love and compassion I have for my daughter. You know, despite however, you know loud or obnoxious or naughty she'd been that day, whatever it might be, you know, no matter how riled I might have been, I can't really remember my frame of mind, but any, any parent can identify with that, that sense of being riled up. Uh, all of that was just gone, and my compassion and love for her was, was so present. And God sees us uh, in our state of, of, of sin and death, the sickness in our soul, and, and, the, and the, de the destruction that surrounds us and the things that have been done to us, the things that we've done to ourselves and to others, he sees that and just his compassion rises up. And um, even if we haven't had good experiences with our earthly fathers, maybe you can see a glimpse of, the, of this God uh, who is a, who's a good father and perhaps, uh, perhaps very different from the father you grew up with. Um, a good, perfect father who has compassion for our helpless state.
and, uh, and, and because of that compassion, has sent Jesus to be a provision to cover our sins. Um, God is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. This is the God that we worship. This is the God that we seek after in these services together, in, in musical worship, in word. The God we seek after in our small groups, in our prayer meetings, in our lives. Not a distant, faraway God that we can only hope to, do, to be good enough to connect with but God who has made every provision so that we can draw close to him, no matter where we've been, what we've been through, uh, what we've done, what we haven't done. Uh, his grace is for all of us. I love the parables of Jesus. If you ever need to see a picture of God's great love and how he works in people's lives, read these parables. My favorite, uh, one of my very favorites, is uh, the workers paid equally. So, beginning of the day, the boss comes out, he picks up some, some, some laborers, day laborers, and says, I will pay you this, this wage to work this whole day. Great, we'll do it. That's a fair wage. They agree to it. They, they begin to work. Several hours later, the, the, the boss comes out, tries to find some more workers. He, says, he offers them the same wage as those who were, who were hired earlier in the day. And they agree to it. That's, a, that's more than generous. We'll work for that. And then... At the 11th hour, right before the, the working day is over, boss goes out, hires some more people. He says, I'll give you the same wage, this, this same wage I gave to these other folks if you work for just the next half hour or so. That seems more than fair, they said. They were thrilled. So uh, um, here's the story. God gives the same amount to each person no matter what time of the day they were hired. Who do you think had a problem with that? <laughs> Everyone except for the people hired right before quitting time had a problem with that. Uh, but God said, it's my, it's, my, it's my money. I can be generous with whoever I want to be generous with. That's God's heart. Generosity. Uh, a liberal amount of love, forgiveness, and grace. Uh, he is a good father. And it does not disqualify you what you've been through or even what you've chosen to do. Because God's grace and his love is so high and deep and wide and long, you couldn't even fathom it. Uh, that's our God. That's who we seek after. We don't have to convince him. Please, God, just please just forgive me. Do something in my life. Draw near to me. Uh, let me seek after you. He's like, ah, beg some more. No, that's not our God. He wants to show himself. And when we make that space for him in our lives, and, and, by, and by doing that show, we love, we, we respect you. We, we, we believe in the reality of who you are. We believe there's no other name, no other person we could go to for what we need. When we make that space for him, he comes and fills it. That's our God. I'm going to share with you a song that uh, a friend shared with me. I just want this to kind of wash over you. It's called No, Not One. It's a hymn. I'd never heard it before. Um, they anyone heard of this song before? No, not one? Okay, some, we got a couple. Oh, how I love this song. It was written a very long time ago, the late 1800s. It says, There is not a friend like the lowly Jesus, 
No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all of our soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. And again, the humility of Christ, though he was in nature God, made himself nothing to serve the least of us. This is our God. So if you want to just close your eyes and let this minister to you. There's not a friend like the lonely Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal our souls' diseases. No, not one. No, not one. There's not a friend like the lonely Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all our souls' diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide us till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lonely Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. There's not an hour that he is not near us. No, not one. No, not one. There's no night so dark, but His love can cheer us. No, not one. No, not one. Oh, Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide us till the day is done. There's not a No, not one, no, not one Was there a gift like the Savior given? No, not one, no, not one Will he refuse us a home in heaven? No, not one, no, not one Oh, Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lonely Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Oh, what peace we often
Father, we thank you for the gift that you've given us in your Son. That you saw the pit that we were in, Lord. You saw our helplessness. You didn't leave us there. But you yourself came to earth in the form of Jesus. Lived a perfect life. Died the death of a condemned sinner. The death that we, um, the punishment we could have incurred on ourselves, you took on yourself for us. You redeem our life from that pit through the power of the cross of Christ crown us with love and compassion. Give compassion on us like a good father. We thank you, Jesus, for the forgiveness, for the redemption that you desire to draw near to us much more than we desire to even draw near to you. And may we, by the work of your Holy Spirit, become a vineyard in which you delight, Father, in which you come down and you see the early figs that you desire to see and the clusters of grapes, the richness of the people who long after you, who in a gifted response to your love and grace put aside all else to seek after you and you alone who aren't satisfied with the status quo but who seek after that deeper life that Jesus calls us to an abundant life so Lord fill us with your spirit afresh God continue to work in our body let us keep close to you seek after you with everything that's in us I pray that in the coming months you would draw near to us in this church, Lord. 
and all the churches in the, in the world. up in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, you are dispersed. Go and be the church.